And welcome to First Strike, First Look right here on VEASAN. Dave Ross joined once again by Jordan Sherwood from ESPN Chicago. Follow him on Twitter as I do at Woodon. 1063. Jordan, great to have you back on the program. UFC's been playing tricks with our minds here recently, right? We had like three weeks off, then we get the great UFC 270 card, then we get a week off, and now we're back for UFC fight night as we're going to have Jack Hermanson taking on Sean Strickland. Uh, Jordan, good to have you back in the program here as we take a first look here for First Strike before we do the show on VEASAN on Friday. Let's talk about this main event to kick it off because we got the Joker coming here, Jack Hermanson, plus 175. Sean Strickland, a strong favorite here at minus 210. We know he likes to talk to guys in the octagon. I wonder how you see as a first look here of this main event coming up on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, and it's an intriguing fight, I think, because of Sean Strickland. He's developed some popularity. He's developed a little bit of a personality outside the cage, and Obviously, those videos go uh, kind of viral of him talking uh, to his opponents or talking to his <laughs> training partners when he's preparing for fights. But, yeah, my first reaction is Jack Hermanson as the underdog, a guy that's been in there with Marvin Vittori, a guy that's, that's been in there uh, with Kelvin Gastelum, you know, a guy that's been in there with Jared Cannonier, you know, the top of the upper echelon of the middleweight division versus a guy in Sean Strickland who, yes, is surging. He's won, what, five fights in a row but, uh, you know, mm -hmm. hasn't been to the, to the top of, of, of the level at 185 pounds. So, yeah, I mean, it's an intriguing matchup for sure. I think that it's, a, it's an opportunity at surface level to see how real Sean Strickland is because this is a different weight class for him. You know, he started out at 170, now moves up to 185 and has had some success. But now we get a true understanding, uh, a true picture, if you will, of Sean Strickland is a title contender potentially in the future for uh, current reigning champion Israel Adesanya. Yeah, 24 and 3, Sean Strickland coming in here. Uh, the Joker coming in at 22 and 6, but you're right. This is a step up, certainly in this division, in the middleweight division for him. You know, I'm looking at methods to victory and some of the, the props, and they're obviously going to change here as we get closer and closer to fight night here. But, uh, Jordan, you, you look at the Joker winning by KO, TK, or DQ, and obviously already being the big underdog. That's plus 900. If you think he can get the sub, which I think more people think if he's going to get the win, it might come that way or decision. By sub, it's plus 550. By decision, plus 450. I mean, boy, those are some good, juicy plus numbers. Meanwhile, you flip the script here for Sean Strickland to get the KO, TKO, and you, you think, well, look, if he's going to get him out of there, maybe he's going to get that knockout plus 225, so you can get some plus money that way to get a sub, not likely, at plus 700. And to win a decision is the most favorable outcome here for plus money here on the short side at plus 180. Any of those numbers here on a Tuesday before we get closer and closer to fight week that might jump out to you? I mean, I think the Strickland via decision is, is certainly the one that, that, that I see having some value. And although Jack Hermanson did get knocked out by Jared Cannonier, I don't, I don't view Sean Strickland as the power puncher like Jared Cannonier. So outworking him pressuring him up against the cage. I mean, that's what Sean Strickland does, and that's what Jack Hermanson has certainly uh, struggled with is, is pressure fired. So Strickland via decision. But on the opposite end of it, you know, again, I, I pointed first and alluded to Jack Hermanson just as the underdog in general, but him via TKO or him via submission, I think the first round is going to speak volumes to how this fight is going to go. If Jack Hermanson can get a takedown early, and when Sean Strickland has 
outstanding takedown defense. I think actually uh, the last time that he was taken down was uh, against the current UFC welterweight champion, Kamaru Usman. And that was very early within Sean Strickland's career. But look, Jack Hermanson is very viable on the ground. He's got great ground in town. He's also got some, some very slick submissions. Uh, under his resume, if you th- if you look back at that Kelvin Gastelum win where he pulled that submission out of nowhere very early in that fight, so yeah, I, I think there's certainly prop value. I think I I don't think you have to worry as much about a Jack Hermanson um, decision victory because that's either factoring in that like he's going to win a fight on the feet, which I don't think he does against Sean Strickland. So then you got to okay, he's going to control him for five rounds uh, with his grappling and his wrestling, maybe, but. As I just mentioned, like Sean Strickland has shown some pretty good takedown defense, albeit he hasn't been really in there with grapplers or wrestlers. He's been there with strikers with Uriah Hall, Christoph Jotko, and, and so and Brendan Allen decided to strike with him. So, um, yeah, yeah, I, I think that's the three I look at. Strickland via decision, Hermanson via TKO, or Hermanson via submission would be probably the, the props most worthy of an early look. I'm talking with Jordan Sherwood here, first strike. Uh, first look here on VEASAN. And let's get to the co-main event here very quickly with Punahali Soriano, a minus 190 favorite against Nick Maximoff here. The comeback here, plus 160. And again, sometimes you look at these fights, you go, boy, you got the undefeated guy coming in here, getting that plus value. But again, only 7-0, and so maybe the body work. But Soriano, it's not like he's established himself either in the middleweight division here in the co-main Eight and one. What do you make of these with two young guns that I know eventually have eyes on bigger prizes? Well, first off, COVID era 2.0 of a co-main event of this caliber. I mean, like, why? But like, I guess, okay, fine. We had uh, Chase Sherman uh, and Jared Kelly uh, <laughs> yeah, in the co-main event a couple of weeks back. So I guess this is what we're, uh, what we're used to. Um, I think Maximov is an intriguing prospect. First and foremost, because of the gym that he comes from, he's a Nick a Nick Diaz protege, and this guy has outstanding mm-hmm. submissions. Uh, you know, really can can do it all when in, in regards to uh, the jujitsu and the ability to, to submit guys. And he spent his entire uh, first fight in the UFC looking for a takedown. Uh, really struggled to get it. Ended up winning a you know a unanimous decision victory. And Soriano, you know. He's an all-American D3 wrestler. Probably, I don't know if people know that, but he has that in his back pocket. He's shown some strong takedown defense as well, but against it really hasn't been against an upper echelon caliber type fight. And he is a powerful striker. So um, I think I lean Maximov just because of where he's coming from and thinking of him at 24 years of age, spending time at that gym. He's going to be improving in his boxing, improving in his striking. So I think that he could get a submission at some point in this fight and, and be able to, to, to get a quick victory. But there's just so much unproven with, as you just said, with these two guys, so young and so young, not only in age, but just in their mixed martial arts careers, it's tough for me to have confidence in either fighter being able to implement their game plan against each other. Jordan, this is what's fascinating to me, right? Cause I mean, you can go back to like, say Ronda Rousey when she was coming up and just getting arm bars and everybody, right? And you never thought she could get a knockout. So you get great value back in the day when Ronda started throwing hands. And you mentioned Maximoff here. He's probably not going to throw him yet, right? Because he's still 7-0. and And I don't know how evolved he is. He's going to get more evolved as a mixed martial artist. If you think he can get a KO, TKO, or DQ, plus 1,100. Plus 1,100. <laughs> but to your point, went by sub. Plus 550, win by decision, plus 350. So really some juicy numbers there if you want to not only go with the upset, but how the the undefeated uh, youngster might be able to get that done. 
I mean, they just don't see him throwing hands here, Jordan, at plus 1,100. Yeah, I, I, I would see why, because A, that's not his background. <laughs> B, we saw him really struggle in that area in his UFC debut. And, you know, again, people are going to improve. Fighters are going to get better. Iron sharpens iron, and he's going to get better from time you know, spent you know, in the gym compared to his last fight. But I just think at the end of the day, he doesn't want to mess with that against Soriano, who does have powerful striking, is a very big, thick you know, caliber athlete. Uh, so do what you do well. And so, yeah, I think plus 550. And just because also the variety that Maximov can bring to, I mean, you said Ronda Rousey, like she was straight up arm bar. If she didn't get the arm bar, right. she wasn't going to get really another submission. This is a guy that could go heel hook, ankle lock, rear naked show, you know, what, what had arm bar, what have you, Oma Plata, you know, I mean, so he's got a lot of variety that I think Soriano might not be prepared for. But again, he's got to get this fight to the ground. And he struggled to do that. And against a guy that they thought he was just going to be, you know, hot knife through butter uh, in his UFC debut. And, and to the point there, you know, Punahele right now, if you think Soriano is going to get the win by KO, TK or DQ, that's only plus 120. Right. So, again, as the favorite, if you're trying to find plus money, that's the way to do it. But that takes that decision out of the equation. If you think Soriano can get this win and remember, just three rounds here in, in the co-main event by decision. Plus 330. That to me says for, for a guy who wants to keep it standing here, Jordan, and if I can't get the knockout, right, and by submission, by the way, plus 1,200. So you see how long those odds are. That maybe by decision, Soriano, that might not be bad value to go there if you're a backer of, of Punahele here at plus 330. Yeah, I, I could have that argument. He'd come out with a strong first round. I think we're still questioning his cardio. I, I think that that's going to be an issue. So in all likelihood, I see this being, if it goes to the decision, like a 29-28, uh, because I think Maximov can push it for three rounds. We saw him continue to go for takedowns in his UFC debut and not really struggle between rounds one and rounds three. So, yeah, I, I, and I think, again, with Soriano, it goes back to, like, look, he's going to revert back to being a wrestler. Anytime you talk about, you know, whatever amateur background somebody comes from, that's what they revert back to when there's a first sign of issue. And luckily for him, it's against a guy that's going to want to get this fight to the ground. So he can rely on that, it, it, albeit it's D3. It's still D3, and he was an All-American at D3 in, in, in college. So he's got that. He's going to look to get, get a quick knockout, test the chin of Maximov. And, uh, you know, certainly I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't, you know, back at the fact or, or, or balk at people, you know, saying, hey, I'm going to back Soriano because of that powerful striking and that wrestling acumen. All right, talking with Jordan Sherwood here, ESPN Chicago. And let's take a look at some of the names on the card here, Jordan, and if anything pops off. Because obviously you see Alexis Davis. She's on this card. Akeem Dawadu is going to make his return against Mike Trezano. Should be a very intriguing fight there. Uh, Dawadu minus 165. Trezano right now plus 145. Uh, Miles Johns is back in this card. Julian Arosa is back in this card. So you've got some name recognition in here. Jordan, is there any fight here on a Tuesday that really stands out to you that you might want to get down early before these numbers change? If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. 
When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Dave, I was waiting for you to say the name that that jumped off the page because you were struggling to get to it, but you finally did. Julian Arosa, massive favorite against Steven Peterson. And I'm not that sure why. I get the fact that Julian Arosa has been impressive o- over his last couple of fights. I mean, the, the Charles Jordan fight was, was amazing. The fact that he came back in that. The Sean Woodson fight came out of nowhere, won that fight. He knocked out Nate Landwehr, I believe, you know, a couple of fights ago. But, but Julian Arosa is still a guy that, like, wasn't really that good and, like, you know, fell out of the UFC. <laughs> then her, And all credit credits do. He earned his way back. And, look, fun fighter, right. you know. Pushes a hard pace, but Steven Peterson's that grindy type of guy that could get into a fight like that. Julian Arosa is going to certainly be the better striker. I certainly could see Julian Arosa like locking up a darts choke at some point, maybe midway through the second or third round. But Steven Peterson is a dirty fighter. He will put the pressure on and not stop until he's either knocked out or submitted. So right now at the price for Steven Peterson, I might throw a little coin because he is a dramatic underdog. Heading into this fight where I, I respect Julian Arosa's game, but I don't think he should be favored that much. At plus 235 right now for Steven Peterson uh, to that end there. So if you like the underdog there, good value. And once people hear first look, first strike, Jordan, that number's going to drop now. You're going to move the number down. So if you like Steven Peterson, <laughs> you better get him right now. Yeah, I don't know what I'm doing. I, I should have, like, you know, go the opposite way. <laughs> you know, all the money in on Arosa. Let's get him up to minus five. 500. There we go. Right. <laughs> hey, look, that's what we're here hey, Jordan, for. That's what we're here for. We're here to point that's, out the value. You that's know, what we want do. to identify it early. Absolutely. And uh, Jordan, very quickly, I know you're in Chicago. You told me you guys get in a blizzard. What's happening there in the Midwest? 
<laughs> we, yeah, we've got like uh, yeah, six to eight inches of expected overnight oh, here. Man. Maybe some more, but it's going to snow for the next couple of days. The National Guard is already being counted, uh, you know, oh, asked to come goodness. and help us out. So might be stationed. But look, at the end of the day, it's fine. I mean, look, it's fine for me. I'll be home with the kids. We'll watch some sports. And uh, maybe I'll talk to you at some point later in this week, and it'll be fine. I think we'll we'll have a, a date for Friday for first strike. But again, even if the snow comes, you can always watch uh, the main event here on Saturday night, Jack Hermanson against Sean Strickland. Hey, Jordan, appreciate the time. As always, my friend, everybody follow him on Twitter at Woodon1063. Listen to him, ESPN Chicago. Avoid the snow, my friend. We'll catch up on first strike on Friday. All right, Dave. Thanks again. All right, there he is, Jordan Sherwood, everybody. So, yeah, once again, this is First Strike, first look on VEASAN. We'll see you back here on Friday for First Strike.